0: and welcome to another cup of Joe podcast on this Friday November the 4th and wherever you are whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life I wish you God's goodness today. Thank you for being with me as we open up the uh, the readings at least the first in the gospel for this coming weekend the 32nd Sunday in ordinary time my friends, We are on the downward slope, and we are picking up steam. Uh, We have got two more weeks, uh, if we don't include this one. We've got next week, 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, two weeks from now, Feast of Christ the King. That is all that is left in this liturgical year. And then we begin again. We begin again. But you know what? More of that conversation. Put a pin in it. We're going to take it up next week and uh, the week following, because those particular readings and feasts deal with that. Today, we're going to hear a couple of different readings, uh, readings you probably are familiar with. They're going to use a similar analogy uh, or, or example to a, a, an event. Uh, first reading is going to be out of the book of 2 Maccabees, chapter 7, verses 1 to 2, and then we go to verses 9 to 14. Now, if you are one of our Protestant brothers and sisters, uh, and you are like, man, what are you talking about? Second Maccabees. Remember what was it? A week ago, two weeks ago, we had that reading from the Book of Wisdom, and I talked a bit about the apocryphal books. Well, Second Maccabees, First and Second, those are two more of those apocryphal books. I won't go in and re-explain everything, but just know, Protestant brothers and sisters. You probably, even in your Bible, have a section put off to the side, apocryphal books. If not, very easy to find. These are books even our Protestant friends uh, believe are good for instruction and learning. We as Catholics believe they are part of the canon. They're part of the dealio. Um, So we're going to read a story that happened to these seven brothers. Okay, Then we're going to read a story out of Matthew's Gospel, Where Jesus is being challenged, what else is new? Luke chapter 20, verses 27 to 38. Okay? Luke 20, verses 27 to 38. I'll be reading out of the New American Translation, so the readings will sound very familiar. It's what you're going to hear this weekend. What I always say, forgive those who already know. You could say it already, but this is important to know uh, before we even listen. Let's open ourselves and let's say, okay, Lord, uh, open me, that Your Word may find uh, a, a place of growth. Uh, may that seed find uh, root. May it find purchase within me. Um, and uh, and again, what we're looking for is just opening ourselves and saying, okay, Lord, speak to me. Whether that's a word, a phrase, an idea, let God speak to you through God's Word, because the Word is living. It's living. It's not dead it's not a 2500 year old 22 year 100 year old story that doesn't make sense to us today it does it does so may we open ourselves to it so let's break open the word of god a reading from the second book of maccabees it happened that seven brothers were with their with their mother were arrested and tortured with whips and scourges by the king to force them to eat pork in violation of God's law. One of the brothers, speaking for the others, said, What do you expect to achieve by questioning us? We are ready to die rather than transgress the laws of our ancestors. At the point of death, he said, You accursed fiend, you are depriving us of this present life, but the king of the world will raise us up to live again forever. It is for his laws that we are dying. After him, the third suffered their cruel sport. He put out his tongue at once when told to do so and bravely held out his hands as he spoke these noble words. It was from heaven that I received these. For the sake of his laws, I disdain them. From God, I hope to receive them again. Even the king and his attendants marveled at this young man's courage because he regarded his sufferings as nothing. After he had died, they tortured and maltreated the fourth brother in the same way. When he was near death, he said, it is my choice to die at the hands of men with the hope God gives of being raised up by him. But for you, there will be no resurrection to life. My friends, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hard story, right? Why would they have chosen that? You're going to see, I think, pretty, pretty simply, pretty quickly, why that was put with our gospel reading today. So my friends are reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection, came forward and put this question to Jesus, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us, If someone's brother dies leaving a wife but no child, his brother must take the wife and raise up descendants for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first married a woman but died childless then the second and the third married her and likewise all the seven died childless finally the woman also died now at the resurrection whose wife will that woman be for all seven had been married to her jesus said to him said to them the children of this age marry and remarry But those who are deemed worthy to attain to the coming age and to the resurrection of the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. They can no longer die, for they are like angels, and they are the children of God, because they are the ones who will rise. That the dead will rise, even Moses made known in the passage about the bush, when he called out, Lord, the God the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And he is not God of the dead, but of the living. For to God, all are alive. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Again, a word, a phrase, an idea sit with that, okay? Pause the pod if you need to. Sit with it. Let God develop that within you. Just nurture it throughout the day, throughout the weekend, throughout the coming week. Let God speak to your heart. Okay. So what are we talking about here? Right? Easy to see why these were put together, right? One, the number seven. There, there are seven brothers, seven brothers, right? It's almost like I should go start singing the musical, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. We're, we're, here we go. Um, Maccabees, okay. Uh, it was written in Greek. Now, I'm not going to get into the reasons for the Apocrypha versus non and why this isn't canon with our Protestant brothers and sisters. Um, but it was written in Greek, and what that means is it was written very close to the time of Jesus. In fact, Maccabees, along with the Book of Wisdom, would have perhaps been the three last books of what we would call the Jewish scriptures, the the Old Testament, some call it the Hebrew scriptures. Uh, Probably taking place only about 150, give or take, years, maybe 200, before the time of Christ. Now, it was within the Maccabean revolt, just know this, some bad guys, uh, you know, it was the the Greeks, uh, you know, it wasn't the Romans yet. Uh, I want to say it was like the uh, the Seleucids or, or whatever, um, took over Jerusalem. And the Maccabean Revolution came out, kicked them back out. And it was during this time that the temple, uh, the lamps didn't have enough oil, but the temple lights continued to light for, was it seven days? Forgive me, I, I, I didn't do my study beforehand. But it, they, they, were, they were lit for seven days, even though they had no oil. And that was one of the miracles of God's presence in the temple uh, to the people, the Hebrew people at this time, and also undergirded the, the Maccabeans' um, revolt that it was the right thing to do. Now, if you've ever seen a menorah those menorahs come from that action during the Maccabean Revolt when the lights in the temple were lit, even without oil for those times. And so it, it commemorates that, that, uh, that happening. So, uh, okay, during this Maccabean Revolt, this uh, bad guy king comes along. You know that, that Jews, uh, according to Levitical law, could not eat pork, right? And he's trying, this king is trying to force these brothers and the mother to do that. And they won't do it. That they will. They will die uh, before they do that. And uh, this idea of resurrection. Now, for us, it is commonplace. We don't have to fight for the uh, the idea of it. it. It was given to us. Um, but around this time, they had to fight for it because there was a lot of people. Uh, Boy, read most of the Jewish scriptures and, and resurrection is not an idea that is natural to them. Uh, their belief at the time was that, and the Sadducees, by the way, are going to share this. We'll get to that. But the, the common belief up until about two-ish to three-ish hundred years before Christ was that um, the uh, reward of a good life is just that. It is it brings its own reward. Virtue is its own reward. And God rewards the just. Remember that wonderful story in Job when Job was all these bad and horrible things uh fall upon Job like in a single day. And he has these people that come to him and argue with him for a long time. They say, Hey, you must have sinned because God doesn't do this if if you haven't sinned. And Job's like, I haven't sinned. It's asking that whole question of evil. But they were beginning to ask, as wisdom literature will do, why do bad things happen to good people? What's going on? Did I deserve this? And uh, what the people believed and came to believe was that, um, no, not all things are restored and made right in this world. And therefore, there must be a world after where all things are made new, where all things are Uh, Brought to justice where all things are corrected, all ills, right? And so that's how this idea of resurrection came to be grasped. And we hear about that in the Maccabean story here because they say, hey, listen, you know what? they even say, uh, the king of the world, this is the first one who's dying, king of the world will raise us up to live again forever, even though you are depriving us of this present life. And the second one says, listen, I'll give you my tongue, I'll give you my, my hands, whatever. I disdain them, uh, but, I, but I hope and pray that in the next life I'll be given them back. And the last one talks about resurrection and says, ah, but for you all, there won't be any, you know. Um, and so they're really, they're, they're talking about Uh, this idea of resurrection and painting it into the story of the Hebrew people. Incredibly important. Not only is it a heroic, uh, you know, the, the mother and the seven brothers, but it's also pointing beyond individual heroism toward there's something more. Okay? Now let that root grow, or let that seed, excuse me, grow for 200 years or so, 150 years, give or take to our gospel story. So then the Sadducees come forward and they say to Jesus, hey, listen. Okay, so this is the opening line. Some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection. Remember the Sadducees and the Pharisees, along with the elders, the the, um, legal scholars of the law, they were all part of this Sanhedrin that was the head uh, at the temple. That was this ruling council. Well, the Sadducees, didn't believe there was a resurrection. The Pharisees did. You know, we give those darn Pharisees a hard time all the time. Well, hey, they, they were on the right side of the coin on this one. The Sadducees didn't believe there was a resurrection. And so they mock Jesus. I mean, this isn't a legitimate question. They're putting up a straw man that's ridiculous. And they're saying, listen, teacher, Moses wrote for us. Again, he's going back to the Levitical slash Deuteronomical law, the law that is in Deuteronomy. Remember the law, the first five books of of Jewish scripture is called the law, the Torah, the Pentateuch. So they put up this straw man, which is just dumb, dumb as a brick. If someone's brother dies leaving a wife but no child, their brother must take the wife and raise up the descendant for the brother. Now that was the law. Why? Because again, there wasn't a resurrection. How does... I, if I can use immortality, if I can use that word in quotes, how does one become immortal? Through their bloodlines. And if a bloodline is lost, it was the job of the next of kin, the brother, because this was through the male and the name, that um, it, it kept going on. And that was his duty. That was this Deuteronomical law. Uh, so, okay, they, they, say, they state the law which I just did, and say, now there were seven brothers. The first married a woman, died childless, so the second had to come in. He died childless. Third came in. Oh, all seven of them, just a terribly tragic situation. And then the woman also died in, okay, if you think there's a resurrection, you know, silly man, what, uh, who's, who's uh, the, the groom in the kingdom of God? Uh, whose bride will she be? What's going on here? I mean, again, they're, they're trying to make him look foolish. But Jesus doesn't play their game. He says, "Listen, you're asking the wrong question. In the resurrection, there won't be, you know, marrying and giving away in marriage. Um, that's not what it's about. You, you, you have a, a a childish, immature idea of what resurrection is. Um, because they're not they're not divvied off. They're like children of God." They're all children of God. And then he talks about how God is a God of the living. A God of the living. My gosh, I've gone like 17 minutes, right? So, again, what, what can we take from this? Listen, I don't want to tell you what to take from it. But I think it's clear Jesus, I, I think anyway. Um, he's pointing us to two things here. The first is Jesus was clearly even before he experienced it and pointed the way with his very nature. And we can get into that idea of that's where salvation is because he led us not only with his words into that idea of resurrection, but with his being. But he clearly fell into that camp. Brothers and sisters, what does that mean? You and I grew up with that. It's old hat. It's like breathing. We know that. But have we really thought about it? What does resurrection mean to us? Does it simply mean um, when we die, we go to heaven? No, I don't want to minimize that. That's real. But there's more there, right? There's more there. I, I Forgive those who are long-time listeners. You, you know I've quoted this time many times. But St. Francis, oh, I love it so much. because he, he says, hey, listen, if you get the first death right, the second one, we need not fear it at all. That first death is that death to the ego, the death to, to my agenda, the death to to my way of being in this world, not God's, not not the others, whoever that other is. When I can get that death down, and I'm not worried about my own ego or what, what my needs are or what others are saying about me, all that stuff, the second death is easy because we're we're simply we're already living that resurrected life. That's that's where he's pointing. Right. Let me use this example. And, and it's not mine. Uh, in doing my study, I, I uh, came across it and i liked like the example, but it, it, it creates a fictional one. It says there was a little girl in an airport and uh, she was flying out to, to Denver or whatever. And um, somebody came along and said, well, little girl, where are you going? And the girl couldn't wait to answer. And, and she said to grannies, to grannies, to grannies. She never once said, well, as a matter of fact, I'm flying into Denver, to Denver International Airport, and then I'll take a taxi cab over down to uh, Speer uh, Boulevard. And, and yeah, I mean, that's just not, that's just not how it goes. Where is she going? To renew a relationship, because that relationship is what's important to her. Brothers and sisters, that's resurrection. It's not just a destination that we're going to some place that relationship happens now. And to the extent that we, and this is the work of a lifetime, right? To the extent that we can embrace that first death, the second one we don't need to worry about at all. Because we're already, we're already living that resurrected life. Jesus, again, that idea of salvation, that idea that 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 our God loves us even into the grave and beyond, that the grave hold no holds no fear for us. What does Paul say? You know, where, oh, death, is your, is your victory? Where is your sting? It's swallowed up in the victory of Christ, right? That the death holds, it holds no fear for us. Um, but, but we don't wait until that moment. We, we experience that now. That resurrection, that resurrected life is a life of relationship. It is a life not about relationship with me, but of, of course about God first, and, uh, and then knowing that God loves me, able to, to uh, share that and, and let that grace overflow from me to others. But that which is freely shared with me, I freely share, right? Resurrection is real. What does that mean to us? And point number two, and I'll end with this, is that idea of what about, what about the kingdom of God? Well, Renee and I, still be married in heaven and, and walk down the street holding hands and uh, and see, you know, others doing the same thing and will we have our own house together? You know, first of all, this is beyond my pay grade. I don't know the answer to that. But here's what I think. Here's what I, where I think Jesus is pointing us. And it's worth at least pondering. Some, some people I, I talk to in my role as hospice chaplain worry that they won't know their spouse. But their spouse passed away, you know, maybe years ago, and how will I recognize him or her? Um, and, and I'm just, I just try to remind them or try to invite them to say, oh my gosh, that spouse played such an important role in who you are and bringing you to this point of love of God, love of neighbor, love of self, of, of, of forming who you are. I think there's no way that we will not recognize at some level. Now, we believe in the resurrection of the body? What will we look like? I, have, I, I don't know any of those things. But what I think Jesus is saying here is, is that there's no giving in marriage, there's, there's no exclusivity in the kingdom. I'm not gonna be dating certain people over here and choose one in the kingdom of God because that's there's something exclusive about that. Or I'm not gonna be given away in marriage over here because there's something exclusive about that. In the kingdom of God, there is no exclusivity. Now, I suspect, I don't know, but I suspect that Renee and I will always have that special tie, always, and and our children uh, as parents, and, and or my parents, will always have that special tie because we assisted one another in this journey to the kingdom, and there will always be an affinity there. But somehow, in this kingdom, it is one family, with God as father, mother, parent, being Uh, And we as children of God uh, and and sisters and brothers of Christ. That there is a oneness there. So I think he's pointing to two things. One, resurrection is real. But I'd invite us this, this week to say, what does that mean for me? How am I living that life now? And two, what does that oneness look like in the kingdom of God? You know, yet at the same time, having that affinity. Um, The Sadducees were just being foolish. They had a child's understanding of the kingdom. Our God, through Jesus Christ, is inviting us to a more mature idea of that. Let us mull that. Let us chew on that this week and see where the Spirit takes us. Shall we? Okay. And with that, my friends, let us pray. We continue through the glorious mysteries. Almost done. And we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The fourth glorious mystery. The um, Mary is uh, assumed into heaven. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O oh, my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Be well. Have a wonderful weekend, a wonderful week ahead of you. Be well and experience God's peace.